Are you ready to build your legacy? Ask questions, learn from others, find your success. The Surge 365 Podcast starts right now. CT, start the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of the brand new Surge 365 Podcast. I'm your host CT, and today we have some very special guests with us, and they are in the studio. So we are we are thrilled to have two of your co-founders here with us. I'm talking about Scott Tomer and Chris Coakley. Scott, Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Good to be back. So last time we talked, you introduced the company mission. And, and now that we're a month in, right, how's everything going? Well, I, I think it's incredible. I, I there's nothing that feels better than really honing in on your purpose, your why. And, and, and when you look at that, then everything else becomes kind of, you know, insurmountable. You know, you can do anything. You can change it you, because we really realize that we're going to make a huge difference in the world. You know, and I think that's something everybody looks for is like, what's my purpose? And uh, and I think we discovered because everything is lining up that says this was the right decision. You know, every day I think a little reminder comes from somewhere that says this just feels right. And that's where I think we are and that's where a large percentage of the leaders are it's just and they and we share it you know we send each other posts and emails and clips anything that says anything about healing with vacations we're like we're spreading it to each other like like crazy so it feels really good to me well i think the thing too chris is when you look as you you have this feeling of how it's going to be in your head boy this this makes so much sense you know and and Karen, it's, it, people are just gonna just gonna fall in love with this, but then you got to go out in the marketplace, and in the marketplace, is it received? And I just got to say, we had some goals of what we hoped would happen as we looked at people who would kind of you know because this was a this was a financial commitment. It wasn't just a raise your hand if you're in. It's actually you know some people went from from three and free and, and started paying a monthly fee, and others increased by you know maybe almost fifty percent of what right. they were paying. People in the in the in the that came in the pre-launch and in every one of those categories, the goals that we had set for what would happen were were, were I mean they were lofty goals, and and we just we were right there on all of them. So it wasn't just something that we looked at and got excited about, and then we got the directors together. But it was so received in the sales force, and I think the whole reason was because people get they rally around the why. And, and when we consulted people who claimed to be experts, they all said, you know. It'll never work. You know, you guys think that because you're drinking the Kool-Aid. But what about people who aren't drinking the Kool-Aid? Well, we found out everybody likes Kool-Aid. So <laughs> it's, it's working out anyway. Well, <laughs> Kool-Aid vacations kind of go together, Hey, right? Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's a big event coming up. We're coming up on the five-year celebration that's going to take place in Baltimore. It's the fifth anniversary of Surge 365. So what's been some of your favorite moments so far? Well, I first got to start by saying, wow, five years? Five years went you know, fast. Lori, Lori and I used to always say it's already only been, you know, because it seems like it's been longer than five years, but it seems like it was yesterday. Right. You know, and, and I think back to basically we, we kicked off in Baltimore. Yeah. 
I mean, that's when that's when this real thing started. So this five years is kind of returning home. I just love the fact that it's on a leap year. We're doing it on that day. To me, that makes it a little bit more special. Right. Well, you know, the thing about this five years for, for me has been it's it's been one transformation after the other. You know, when we first started, we decided we wanted to be the company that didn't have a pretend car program, but a company that had a real car program. And so we kicked this thing off with like nine or 10 cars, like right there on the spot and never been done before. And, uh, and so that was just like really incredible. And then just our products and then our compensation, every time we've reached to go to a whole nother level, it seems like we've done something like that every year for this five year period of time. And now here we are in the fifth year embarking on an even bigger mission and an even, even bigger why that uh, it's, it's so many moments, you know, um, some that you got to experience and some that you just got to watch that have been incredible over the five years. Really? I think the other thing, Chris, that's been for me, you know, having looked at just from a CEO standpoint is how we've been able to really branch out. And I'm not saying we've done a great job on this yet, but we were uh, today. We were on a uh, a Zoom, Zoom, yeah. Where one of our people in Orlando, or, or in Florida, I think in Lakeland, Florida, mm-hmm. had seventy some people, seventy seven people on Spain. A Zoom from Spain. And, and so that's not something we ever could experience before. And and I just look at what we have been able to accomplish in our business career, and then well, think gotta, about a plan that. Think about how weird it was, though. <laughs> we're on a zoom for the first time with people from Spain who's already got surge teachers on. They made themselves. It's like, do they even work here? <laughs> like, Who are these people? But they're like, no surge, and they got t-shirts on. And it's just like, this thing takes on a life of its own and people get excited. And we're standing there just like, and we heard the story that the guy sought out, Right. He, he was sending Recruited messages himself. to people saying, are you in surge? Can you tell me more about it? He had searched us out to find, and I don't know the whole backstory and we'll right. find that out one day, but it was just interesting to hear that that's where he had come from. And, and I think those stories are going to be told more and more and more as this message about healing nations with vacations really catches on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vibe. It, it definitely is. What What's also crazy is we talked to um, one of our directors and, and they said, look, I'm getting medical professionals who are joining the company because of the cause, because they really are bought into if their job is to prevent illness, not, not, not heal, not heal, but to prevent, then vacation is definitely in that prevention side. Way more fun. I mean, I got a prescription for my heart or I could take a vacation here. Give me the vacation. <laughs> Every time. Well, what do you think will happen in the next five years? Well, you know, I think the, what's going to be cool about the next five is the opposite of what was cool about the first five. See, the next five, we're clear on what we're doing. There's not a lot of changes that has to be made. And there's something about when you really can get in your groove and just grow this thing to hundreds of thousands, even millions of people that are going out and sharing this message of Hill Nations with vacations and there's stability in the fact that you got the best comp plan, you got the best training programs, 
You got the best leadership in place. Uh, you, you've got everything you need to win. You're no longer looking for what is that thing I'm missing. You're now just pure running. I've been training my whole life for this day to just one run and win this race. I think that's what the next five is going to be like. It's going to be that kind of calm into the storm of putting up the sheer numbers of just watching more countries come on board as international continues to expand and watching our leaders in the U S go to whole different heights and levels of financial freedom and just watching the company soar in the recognition that we dared to take on something this big, as small as we were when we decided to do it. So I think the next five will be the opposite of the first five. It, it, there's really not a lot left to change. Not a lot left to, to, uh, to do just run. You know, Chris, I'm looking forward to it. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, as I look back in my business career, when you're creating something, there is a lot of chaos. There's, there's, there, there are so many unknowns, but when you go from, when you go from creating, which we did with financial services, we did with travel and now we're doing, we, 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 it, cause it's really started with a discount travel concept, but really now it's taken on something so much bigger. But when you, but, but when you're, when you're creating is different than when you're refining. The creation's ugly and it's messy and it's it, there's mistakes and you're just like wow we just really botched that up. And human but, nature is to hate change, so everything we changed it was met with resistance, you know, because that's just human nature. It's like oh my god, they're changing it again, but we had to, you know, because it wasn't right yet. It was close, you know? always so, close, but but now when you look at it, okay. The, the foundation, the pieces, the stuff's in place. We had a, we had a great meeting today. We're, we're in uh, both of us together, which is, which is always a joy. And we're here at the, at the home office and we had the home office team. And you, you, I, I just see this all cut. You got the home office, absolutely well-oiled machine. Just, I mean, really one of our selling points, right? right. As, as we were saying today, I, I've, I've never heard anybody in Salesforce say I called the, I, well, I called the home office and they treated me poorly. I called the home office. I didn't get an answer. Right. I called and it was, it, that, that that's a selling. So when you got that going, you got your, you got your vision down. You got a why that's massive, a goal that's incredibly huge. And we talk about this zero unused vacation days that people say, how are you going to do that from 768 million in the U S down to zero? Well, here's what I know. Not a single one of those days of 768 million did people not want to use. So we got a willing population wanting this. They just need permission. And when we become the place that people are celebrated for taking vacation, not working extra hours, not working, but they're celebrated for, for doing this stuff. I, I, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a cultural change. It is. Because, you know, I've, I've traveled a lot. And, you know, most people have heard me say I've been to 85 or 86 different countries. But the thing I remember the most is those countries, it was part of their culture to take what they called holiday. They don't say vacation in most countries, they say holiday. And uh, and to take holiday didn't matter whether you were rich or poor, it was a part of the culture. There's a couple of weeks out of every year that they're gonna get their whole extended family together. Every brother, sisters, wives, kids, grandmas, everybody's alive and they're gonna take holiday together and they're gonna create memories and they're going to rejuvenate and get ready for the new year. And, and I realize only in America is vacation considered a luxury for those that are can afford it or for those that are privileged. And, and yet so many people work their whole lives and they work themselves into the ground. We're the richest country in the world, 
but we die the youngest because we don't have factored into our culture that relaxation, that rejuvenation, that ability to to balance our mental health, our physical health is is something that it well that's for rich people, you know. I mean, we're almost at a point where meditation and yoga is for rich people. You know, you don't you don't see a yoga studio in the hood, you know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up with like a meditation place with green tea on the corner, you know, that didn't that was a upper scale type of thing. And uh, and it feels good that we're going to lead the charge to make this ev- something everybody realizes they can afford with the right planning and the right tools and the right price, the right help. There's, there's no family in America, I don't care what your income level, that can't afford to go on vacation. And for those few families who absolutely can't, we're going to do things to send as many as we can on vacation like we just did with one young lady to Bali, you know, and uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, there's no way that, that going to Bali would have fit into her financial or family plan with some of the issues she had. But they, her, her friend wrote a letter, you know, to the company and, and our home office team went through all the letters we received and picked someone they thought that was most deserving. And, uh, and we said that, that person is going with us to Bali. And that's something we're not going to do once we're going to, keep doing, you know, and, uh, and it feel good today to tell our entire home office team that they're also going to get on us a seven day vacation every year from this anniversary date on. And every year that they're with us, they're going to be able to take their families on vacation. So we're, we're really excited about the fact that we're going to break all the barriers that makes this a wealthy or privileged thing. And we're going to make it a normal thing for everybody to create those memories and go on vacation, whether it's a local staycation or that dream trip to the Eiffel Tower that you've always thought about but never thought you could afford, now you're going to be able to do it. So it's going to be great to get to the point where we're getting the pictures and the videos back from people taking these trips because that's priceless. You know, as I, and as I think about it, Karen, you know, I, this all kind of came about, you know, and, and really it was Clint's fault uh, for it just at the, at the right timing, sending that, that Simon Senate clip. But, but as I look at this and I, and I, and I did all the research and I saw all the reports and you got this university study in this, and you got this medical study in the health and you got these people doing that. And then you got the newspapers and the, and the, and the news programs that are, everybody's writing articles about it. Everybody's talking about how bad it is, but ain't nobody doing nothing about it. See, when the history books are written about who changed this in America, who changed this in, in, in those countries, even in the world, where it still may be that way that not everybody's taking vacation, I want to look back and say there was this little company out of, out of, out of, out of Illinois that started an idea that everybody ought to take a vacation. And they're the ones that took all this stuff people were writing about and talking about how bad it was, but that's the company that did something about it. See, that's, mm-hmm. what you could, that's what we're all part of. All right. Chris, you know, you you mentioned goals there, and on the last episode, you really put out a great game plan for how to set goals, and I think that that is something that is is really easy in January, but now that we are in February, right, it's time to check in on how people are doing, and unfortunately, a lot of times, people may not be exactly where they want to be in terms of accomplishing their goals, so 
life has happened, right? It's over. This is just something that everyone deals with. But what are some tips, some advice that you can give to help people stay motivated? Well, that's the thing about truly goal setting as opposed to like a New Year's resolution. You know, when you're setting goals, you're set, you're actually taking a long term goal and you're breaking it down into pieces. You know, so you're really just taking that elephant and breaking it down to bites. So you don't get as discouraged as people who have these short term boasts. You know, they have this burst of excitement. I'm going to lose 20 pounds, you know, is what they start announcing on January 1st. And by February, they, they are not returning the call of their personal trainer, you know, and they've just gone on to accept these pounds don't look as bad as people think. Uh, but but when you have a long term goal and, and you have, you know, points in that goal that you recognize your achievements and you and you continue to adjust your goals because they're not going to go as planned, you know, and you know that going in that this is going to constantly be an adjustment. It's going to be constant making up and 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 running harder sometimes and, and slowing down sometimes because that's what life does. And and also understanding that this is not about whether you hit every goal you set. What it's about is setting goals that are so stretchingly realistic that even if you come close, you're so much further than you were. You know, my entire life, I, I there's probably only a handful of goals that I've intentionally hit and set and hit most of the time I missed it for the date I originally set it and then I hit it for some time shortly after so I was always right goal wrong date you know so so it was always oh this is the day I was supposed to hit it didn't hit it but because I was running so hard for that date two dates later it's there so you end up getting it you just don't always get it when you set it. And that's what stretchingly realistic goals do. You know, you're supposed to do things that you almost don't know how you're going to hit it when you set it. If you can logically map out exactly how you're going to hit it, probably isn't high enough, you know. And so that's part of the motivation. One of the things I also teach is reward. When you hit it, what are you going to do to celebrate that achievement? And that keeps people motivated, too, because they usually put things on it that, you know, like me, I do the weight loss goals all the time. And I, I am the worst at the weight loss goals. But I got a new wardrobe at the end, you know, and every day that I see something I want to buy and I can afford to buy it, but I don't buy it because I'm not going to get it until I hit the goal. That also keeps you running. Put rewards that you really want. Stop buying yourself everything you want. And start attaching that, whether you can afford it or not, to the completion of a goal. And it'll keep you motivated all year long, chasing after those goals. And then when you hit them and you go get what you want, man, it's so much better than you thought it was going to be. It really is. So. You know, and, that, and that's what our, that's our mentor, uh, Art Williams. Yeah. He talked about you got to reward and punish. Right. You know, you set a goal, you hit it, you reward yourself. You set a goal, you miss it. There's punishment. What does that punishment look like? Usually just means I got to work harder. I got to do more. I got to see more people, you know, but Chris, like you, my goodness, uh, I don't even know if I don't, I don't know if I need two hands to be able to say like you, I hit the goal on the date that I set. But when you don't give up, what ends up happening is you end up hitting the goal. The time was just wrong. Right. And, and that's okay because then you can reassess, reevaluate, reset the goal and continue going. But I think the other thing that, that happens is, is sometimes as we, as we set the goal and our pastor covered this recently, it was from atomic habits. He said, you know, there's this expectation. I'm going to, I'm going to start whatever it is. It doesn't have to be the new year, but I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to work out. 
I'm going to the gym. And maybe you're there two, three weeks and you, you, you go look in the mirror and you don't see anything. I was expecting this was going to happen quicker. And that, that gap between my expectation and reality is, is what they call that. It's just that area of despair. But, it, but if you will continue, not for two or three weeks, but for two or three months, when that thing turns up, then what happens is what you thought you would have months later, you end up far surpassing. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that we, as just as individuals, as we set these things, we need to be, need to be not beat yourself up when you're not hitting them, but redouble your efforts. All right. What a great show. Special thanks again to Chris Coakley and Scott Tomer for being in studio with us and just sharing so much incredible information. And also thank you for listening. That is episode two of the Surge 365 podcast. And let us know what kind of topics you want. Let us know different interviews that you want to hear. Uh, We definitely want to hear from you and make this show as powerful and useful and helpful for you as it absolutely can be. So thanks for listening. We'll see you on episode three. Hey, Surge365 family, this is Karen Tomer, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show and share it with others. I'd also love to connect with you and learn more about the topics or guests that you want to listen to. So you can join the conversation on the Surge 365 community. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Surge 365 or on Instagram at Surge underscore 365. I'm at Karen Tomer on Twitter if you want to reach out to me directly. Looking forward to connecting with you and thanks again for listening.